This is a podcast by the journal Methods in Ecology and Evolution. In August 2013, we attended Intercol in London, and one of our associate editors, Barbara Anderson from Landcare Research in New Zealand, interviewed a number of delegates and asked them if they could invent a method, what would it be? I would like to have a machine which is able to manipulate each and every gene expression separately as to see how much how adaptable species are and how many mutations you need to for species to adapt to new circumstances. I think one of the big challenges in invasion biology is looking at the native range and the invaded range and getting a good understanding of the life histories of species in both of those ranges. So perhaps I'd allow myself to teleport very conveniently between the two different places um, so that I could have a very good understanding simultaneously of species in their native and their invaded ranges. It would be remote-sensed methods for doing population dynamics. Super-duper computer? With my brain thinks what I want to do and then instantly it reflects into the program. I think, for fun, I just want to have the most miniature satellite tags of incredible cheapness so you could really follow animals. Uh, The fundamental problem we have in my study, which is tropical rainforest ecology, is measuring dispersal. And what I would do is genotype all the babies in the forest and determine who their mothers and fathers are. And then I would have a complete map of of dispersal, and this would solve many of my questions. I would like to be able to use satellites to tell me where every bird in the world was. And the question would be where to go bird watching. Probably it would be something like Star Trek's in which you have this little thing and you put it you know, close to the plant and the plant will say, OK, this is my role in the ecosystem. This is what I do. This is how much energy per minute I transform. This is my contribution of the, to the cycling of, of matter and the transduction of energy. Well, what I really want is the little machine that flies up to the tree and flies around it and then tells me the diameter without me actually having to go to it through all the fallen down trees after a cyclone. Um, I think it would be really good to have some technology that allowed us to um, study movements of small animals over a long period of time because at the moment the satellite tracking technology you can only put them on fairly large individuals and they don't last very long so I think having something which would last for a long time would give precise locations um, and would be small enough to go on small animals. To pick up on an individual species level, the distribution of species with remote sensing techniques. I would have a time machine. I'd go back uh, to North America, sort of pre-European settlement, and I'd then try to talk sense into the settlers. So it would be having a much more thorough knowledge of uh, species distributions and distribution changes and abundance changes globally. I think it's it's not so much a method, but a but a process really involving methods of finding better ways to predict. I think we're not good at predicting at almost any level yet. Okay, off the top of my head, um, I would broaden how I use the term ecology to include notions of ecology and sustainability. And my favorite issue right now is tipping points. And I would develop a method to um, quantify or detect or anticipate um, tipping points in sustainability. 
and that's a case where, in fact, your capacity in a given region to achieve net benefits for society and do trade-offs collapses because of uh, things often beyond your control, although sometimes it's your own fault. So actually that cutting edge in terms of sustainability requires a whole new set of methods that cross disciplines and, and look at these possible tipping points, if those tipping points exist, I'm not sure they do, until we have the methods to really kind of look at this with case studies. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, that probably will be looking in the future and also in the past, seeing how there'd be long-term changes and, and what, what, what would happen with that. Transparent soil. has to be some real handle on microorganisms in the soil. Some way of, of linking ecological dynamics with small-scale evolutionary dynamics. That'll be a theoretical model. I'm in the habit of saying, if the Starship Enterprise arrived on Earth, what is the first question they'd ask? And I think the question would be, how many different species are there on this planet? But uh, whether we're identifying things quicker than we're losing and there's still a question we can't answer. I'd like to measure nutrient flow into ecosystem in a quantitative way that could be traceable through the ecosystem. Being able to remotely measure a whole suite of environmental and biological variables out in the, out in the bush because in Australia we can't afford to send people out anymore so we've got to do it remotely and automatically. Okay, well I'd like to be Dr. Doolittle. Oh, Dr. Doolittle, talk to the animals. Yeah. Professionally, I'm an entomologist. I, th- I think the push to get barcode identification, it, it will be incredibly... It's getting there, but, but it needs more resources. And so, you know, it's, even in a country like the UK, where we know with exquisite detail uh, our flora and fauna, you still can't identify most moth caterpillars without breeding them out. I would want to know what the landscape was like. I'd like to a space, I'd like a time travel and find out what the landscape was like in Neolithic Europe. If I could invent any method to do anything, what would it be? Um, I think we need better ways of somehow reducing the dimensionality of problems, especially decision-making problems. So we need better ways of dealing with uncertainty, but I, I don't know what those would be. Something that allows you to make a sensible decision when there are too many variables for a human head to cope with. It would be, it would be a method for tracking the movement of very small insects across Africa. Well, I mean, the obvious technology is to just clone yourself thousands of times so you can be everywhere. So you can do an awful lot more ecology and other kinds of important science and outreach and everything else. That's the obvious, but it's a bit of a cop-out. Well, what I'm most keen to know are generalisations about such questions as have light demanders mostly evolved from shade tolerators or have shade tolerators mostly evolved from light demanders? And... I'm not sure, because I'm not a molecular biologist, how quickly we can do that yet. Well, just speaking very personally, something that tells me what a plant species is is without me having to look it up. We we were just talking about having a method for temporal variability in a landscape which also had spatial autocorrelation in it. High-resolution 
meter or less submeter resolution thermal imaging that goes right through vegetation. Tricorder. I would like to have a simple and robust way to measure spatial aggregation of individuals. Oh, I would in, I'd actually invent a machine where you can take soil samples and just stick them into the machine with no preparation whatsoever and it spits everything out that you need. How to stop global warming? Good method of estimating long distance dispersal. Automated counters for counting anything you want counted. Uh, in situ metabolite analysis in plants. Yeah, I mean, I guess it already exists. It's pit tags, but being able to pit tag everything so you know that the range is areas of occupancy properly. So, I mean, you can already do it with birds and detect it from space and using satellites, but being able to extend that kind of technology to make it cheaper and easier to do. I'd want to invent a way of putting GPS collars on animals without having to catch them first, without, you know, having to dart them and put them to sleep. I want a machine that predicts the consequences of one's actions. Um, I would invent a tool that did metadata like that, so that all data sets would be reusable in perpetuity and you wouldn't have to go to the effort of annotating them and figuring out how they can be reused. I really like an answer. If you could get the genetic code of species very rapidly, literally wave your little Star Trek machine over them, and so when you were counting populations and species, you could also be capturing data about genetic information. I think I would invent a method of fitting models with uh, high-dimensional response variables where data are sparse. So complex models that can't be fit by simulation very easily because often no simulations end up in states where you have observed data. And so coming up with a robust way of fitting a smooth likelihood to, to data that are fit by simulation in very high dimensional re response space. A method that could indicate me if a species I predict that occurs in some area really occurs there. It's kind of like a wish list, I guess. It's, a, it's probably finding a way to make scientific data more available for policymakers or, or, or more digestible so finding ways of making scientific data have more impact at the policy level. I would want instant abundance data, abundance data over time, linked to species traits anywhere, available through remote sensing means, and free, of course. Ways to scale up from the small to the big in an experimental way. The nano sensor. So if you could have a essentially a microscopic sensor that you could GPS, then you could put it in just about any type of organism. And if you could distribute them really easily, then suddenly you could track all this information on not just dozens, but thousands. So, you know, it's the old uh, radio tracking conundrum. Radio tracking is the best way to keep track of things if you can actually attach the collars and monitor and so forth. If you had a GPS-monitored nanosensor on thousands of individuals, the amount of population information you could get would be wonderful sensing that could identify species on the ground. I'd probably work out more ways that you can establish causation. So take some lessons from medicine and try and apply them in ecology more. 
And understanding plant communications and signal transmissions. How plants communicate with each other. How plants communicate, yeah, something related to on those lines. Maybe a very big role-playing game with computers all over the world. So you play as a stakeholder a game which is based on uh, science, uh, enfin, model designed by uh, science to test different scenarios of interaction between uh, you and enfin, the, the ecological system on different, on different issues, I don't know. Uh, the automatic identification machine using some kind of DNAs. You know that every time we research about some kind of species, uh, every time I think uh, seek which species are, but you know it is very hard work for researchers, especially for researchers from other fields. For instance, I'm researching about plants, but when I go to some other countries like Australia, you know it, it is very difficult to identify. But you know, if I have some kind of machines to identify automatically using some kind of DNAs, uh, that is the best way. I've been trying to develop with a couple of engineers a tracking method uh, to follow individually marked butterflies within either large enclosed areas or even in the field. And uh, we have been trying to develop something based on the radio frequency identification uh, tags. But the problem there is that the distance from which you can detect these tags is currently too short for small tags that you can attach to a butterfly and uh, but that would be lovely if you could follow like uh, you know large numbers of individually marked butterflies while they are freely moving that that's a that's a minor dream for my research actually something that's not necessarily an ecological question but something really good to have an accurate salinity measurement would be really useful in salt marsh sediment because that's still really really difficult to get it because you end up using proxies like electrical conductivity which co-correlates with moisture and other ions in the soil. So it's more difficult than it seems. So that would be useful for me. It would be some, uh, some way of tagging really loads and loads of species or loads and loads of individuals so we can really get, probably from space, a really good idea of actual distributions. So we really know for a few species what their real distributions are at a fine resolution. If there was some kind of scanner where you could just sort of hold it over the soil and it would tell you exactly what's in it, a bit, a bit like in Star Trek where they can identify life forms just by scanning them, that would be amazing. It'd save us an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money. Well, it would be a device that will help us recognise species, identify species. There are various ways it could be done, but I mean, in general, it would be something like that. Uh, new medication to fix my eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> It would be a monitoring device and data processing of that monitoring information so that we can put devices out and get back from those devices information about the organisms that appear in that location, so species identity, but also uh, important behavioural and trait information. Well, it would be wonderful to be able to follow organisms in real time. And, of course, we can already do that for larger organisms. But for many small organisms, the kinds that I study, it's not, it's not that it's technically impossible, but it's not practically feasible. So to be able to put on you know, small radio transponders on very small creatures and to be able to, to know exactly where they're going would be incredibly useful. I think at the moment I'm most interested in um, a GPS tracking device that is small enough to fit insects. An accurate way to quantify soil food webs. 
a reliable expert system to trawl the literature that is already out there that has probably already answered the question? It would be uh, a method for analysing spatial data that is collected in the National Biodiversity Network database of 90 million species to look for pattern in that. I want to invent an incredibly cheap, incredibly accurate way of tracking the movements of individual animals across the globe. I would want a method to non-destructively sample canopy fauna in the rainforest because it's really hard. I've tried climbing trees and it's scary and exciting and not very productive because you're in one tree, you can't do anything. And there's lots of different methods to get up there but all of them are pretty ineffective. Probably some language that enables people from disparately different disciplines to, to communicate more effectively. A teleporting machine so I can get everywhere. I would like to make a method that makes me better at math. A, like a, a calculator. A brain insert that I could put in, like in the Matrix, where you could like plug in like a math program and then I would be better at math. Accurate remote sensing of individuals through time. I, I would want some small tag to fit on a small animal, like a small bird, weighing 20 or 30 grams, that would record everything it did during the course of its life, its daily life. Portable DNA sequencer, a portable that you can take in the field, that takes just a small amount of tissue and spits out a sequence with a match to gene bank immediately. Real-time, three-dimensional monitoring of communities. It would be to, to, um, to follow exactly the, the behavior or movements of small animals. It, it, it has, has been being done, but, but not for the really small ones. Probably an appropriate method to incorporate population dynamics, ecophysiology, dispersal, uh, adaptation and evolution into species distribution modeling. A way to remove cats and foxes from Australia permanently. I would invent a method to really map the microenvironment very detailedly across space that allows to make very fine modeling and get all the niche of the species um, well fitted across large extents. Direct links between genotype and phenotype. Well, I'm going to give a, a... I'm a scientist and a naturalist as well, and I would like a tricorder-type machine that I could point at an insect or a plant. It would sequence a couple of genes. It would seamlessly connect to a database, and it would tell me what I have. Well, I want to have a method that can tell us about, whether, uh, tell us about species interactions in the past and how they've influenced biodiversity in the present. I don't know what that method would be. Am I allowed to travel back in time? I'll go back to the late glacial times to northern Norway. A vast army of minions to go out and collect all the data we actually need. I think I would have something small enough to track exactly what a bee's doing and where they're flying. But it'd have to be small enough so they could do it without getting knackered. But I'd be able to actually literally have a radar that would know exactly what they're doing. That's probably what I'd have. Have a look at the Methods blog to find out who gave the answers. Look out for other podcasts from Barb about the oldest methods still being used.
the newest methods currently being used and the most transformational methods in various fields of research.